It's Emily T. Gale Talk Story Time, and I'm Emily T. Gale talking from the Big Island of Hawaii, and the other end of the line is my longtime friend. He's in Michigan, and then we're longtime friend from Detroit, and longtime sports writer, Jack Berry. Jack, thanks for joining me. I, I always love our, our conversations a couple times a year and then throughout the year on a, on a personal level, but thanks for joining me. Uh, I'm happy to, and I, I've been watching uh, the uh, tournament uh, on television, and gee, your weather is a remarkably different than mine. I went to bed last night, it was 57, which was really strange for this time of year. It is now 20 degrees, and we've had everything. We've had rain, ice, snow, so it's, uh, it is winter in Michigan. Well, I've been watching that closely, and I'm just so happy that we've had such great weather. It was great over at the Century Championship on Maui, the first event of the PGA Tour, season opening event for champions only. And we call it the Aloha Swing. It's a nice partnership between the PGA and the Hawaii Tourism Authority. And then they moved over to the Sony Open. But, but Jack, I mean, you've covered 100 majors in your writing career, Um I, you know, I just, I always want to talk about these tournaments, but I want to talk about you too, because there's, you know, there's so much history. I, I look up some old stories of yours and, uh, you know, I saw one from 1967, uh, somewhere and, and you just watched it all over the years from how the technology has changed the game, not just in equipment and ball and the fitness of it, players. It but, shows I'm old. <laughs> yeah. But you just, you're so prolific. You, you and, and Art McCafferty and Jenny McCafferty, how much you're putting out with Michigan Golfer and you're just, uh, it's amazing how much information you've put out in your lifetime and wonderful stories you've written. So tell our listeners, I always ask you to give a little background of, of, of your background, and then we'll get into what you're seeing, including the nice weather going out on the Golf Channel, the millions of viewers over this month from Hawaii. Well, I love that. Uh, I've loved it. the times that I've been out there. It was on the big island with you. Uh, my wife, Bonnie, and I were out there, been on Oahu, been on Maui, been on the uh, all the way up to the top to the uh, to the Garden Isle, and uh, I've always enjoyed myself uh, in our trips to Hawaii. Well, you're a hiker and a runner, so you've you've always taken in that part of the islands as well, including the hike down to Captain Cook. Yes, that was yeah, that was that was quite a climb back up <laughs> from uh, <laughs> from his landing down below. It's a little rocky trail there. Well, Jack, you started your career way, you know, as you say, way back when, but it's, it's okay because you lived a full life. I feel I love looking back at what I've done and love looking at what you've done and how much our lives have, our paths have crossed. I used to run in my Emily Detroit runs. I, I think my first story that somebody ever, one of the first ones is when I was a teenager wrote about me. And So talk a little bit about how you got into writing sports and, and just what the career that has been. Well, when I was a kid, uh, uh, going back all into the 1930s, and when the Tigers were on radio back in those days, and I became a, a big Tigers fan, and my hero was Hank Greenberg, and uh, he got drafted about 1940, and I wrote a letter to President Roosevelt uh, protesting the draft of Hank Greenberg, and I put it on the mantle for my father to mail. And I found out in later years that my father did not mail it. 
Oh, <laughs> and wasn't your father the traveling secretary of the Tigers yes, at the of, time? of the Tigers, right. And uh, won the uh, 1945 World Series. They beat the Cubs in seven games. And I have my dad's uh, uh, World Series ring from there. And Hank Greenberg uh, got back out of the Army up uh, in about August or so, July or August of that year when the, when the war was over and came back and hit a home run in the last day of the season in St. Louis that got the Tigers into the World Series ahead of uh, Washington Senators in, in those days when they had a lot of knuckleball pitchers. But uh, those were good times. And anyway, I was a, became a big sports fan and uh, followed about, back then, uh, the Red Wings, hockey, and and the Tigers were my favorites. But I did see uh, my dad took me to a University of Michigan football game in which Tom Harmon and Forrest Evashevsky played. Hmm. And they beat uh, they beat Chicago, which uh, was one of the early members of the Big Ten, just crushed Chicago. And Chicago then dropped football, dropped most sports, and just uh, relied on academics. And, uh, so that's how I got into it, and then I had a, a, a parish priest says, "Well, you like uh, sports so much after I graduated with Catholic Central, you just go, you know, go to uh, Marquette, and they have a journalism school there, and so forth." And so I went and I started, and I got into journalism, and I was very fortunate that uh, worked at United Press for three years in in Detroit and covered. Uh, all the sports, the Pistons moved to Detroit during those during those times. The Lions won a world champion, an NFL championship <laughs> in 1958, and they haven't come close since. <laughs> and now they're looking for another <laughs> for another coach. <laughs> I see that. So you've seen it all. Yeah. yeah, so you, you've covered, uh, the Red Wings, uh, you know, you've watched three different stadiums, Olympia, Joe Louis Arena, and now the Little Caesars Arena, and how, how that, the whole game has evolved so differently. Wasn't it just six teams originally? Yes. Well, that was in the good old days in the old, uh, Red Barn, the big, big building on Grand River when, you know, it was Gordie Howe and, and, uh, Ted Lindsay and, uh, you know, Marty Pavlich, Sid Abel. Those were great times, and loved to go to Montreal and Toronto for the games there. It was It was like going to the high church at, uh, at those places. People always got dressed up. The, the arenas were beautiful. They didn't have advertising all over the place, and uh, it was great hockey. I mean, you had the, the very best uh, players of all time when, the, when you only had six teams. Uh, it was uh, you know, so tough to, to get into it. And the, uh, like Jack Adams, the general manager of the Red Wings, if a guy got to be 30 years old, he was washed up, you know, because they had so many young, young guys waiting to get in. Yeah. Uh, and how did you start thing. writing, how did you start writing, uh, about golf? Uh, that was, uh, when I was at, uh, United Press, why the, uh, who was it, um, uh, yeah, the, the Women's Open was at uh, Forest Lake, and man, I hardly hardly remember that. The most the most that I got into golf was when I got to the Free Press in uh, in 1959, and we had uh, Free Press Junior Golf School, 
and I got uh, Marshall Dan was the golf writer at the time, and I was like his caddy. So I went out to uh, cover the Prebrest Junior Golf School, which we had at at all the city uh, city public courses, and uh, it was a good time for uh, you know for the kids. Uh, they get uh, so many lessons, all free, of course. And then you, if you attended everything, well, you got a card, uh, you know, like a membership card, and you could come and, and play uh, for 25 cents uh, on uh, mornings during the week. So I, I remember it well. I always have it in my notes to bring that up with you because you were so instrumental in making that such a success, and it, and and you continued for years advocating for amateur golf and not only amateur golf but for women's golf and you know i do remember that when you were inducted into the michigan golf hall of fame that was something that was really celebrated was your support of amateur golf while also writing about professional golf yeah but uh, well remember you played a play back at, at that time you remember joyce kasmierski was uh yeah a uh, top a player and went to the LPGA. And we all we all aspired to go to the LPGA. Some of right. them made it, like Joyce and Bonnie Lauer. You know, me, right. I just tried. But it was right. a wonderful experience, and you were so supportive in those days, the way you wrote about us. But you went on to do so much with the with the women's golf, like weren't, the Pup Rinks, the Golf Association. Weren't you instrumental in that? And and you wrote the Guide to Michigan Golf. I mean, people forget that. Well, well, it's it's nice. The West Michigan Golf Show that is uh, the second weekend in February every year by uh, Meg Mallon is going to be the headliner. And, of course, uh, Meg grew up and uh, went to uh, Mercy High School in Farmington Hills. Uh, and my daughters were at Mercy the same time that, that Meg was there. And uh, she uh, you know, won championships here, and then she went to Ohio State, boo, and and uh, turned pro, and, you know, she won a couple of uh, women's opens, and, and she was a champion player and was just inducted into the uh, World Golf Hall of Fame uh, last, uh, during the President's Cup last fall. I, I had forgotten about that. I'm glad you mentioned it. And, and really, uh, she gives back to the, to her, you know, her roots quite a bit and has really been celebrated and encourages uh, junior golfers as well. And, and for yourself, when you look back over the, you know, well, first of all, Michigan has more eight, nine hundred golf courses or something, but more golf per capita with even uh, just a three or four month season. Some. I think we've, uh -huh. we've lost, lost some, which was fine, but uh, we've got some, you know, even uh, in the last 10 years or so, we've had some wonderful new courses. God, we've got one in the Upper Peninsula at Marquette that I think is sensational. Gray walls that uh, Mike DeVries did and, and Mike is uh, Mike started out working for uh, Tom Doak there in Traverse City and then on his own and he's done quite a few courses here and he's done one uh, down uh, uh, in um, how the in Australia, with the you know the big islands of Tasmania, off, off another small island off the Tasmania that Golf for Golf Digest was one of those magazines had a double page spread of boy that place looks so beautiful. And it so appears that he's going to put his touch into uh, Wiley. You said you were hearing on the broadcast they were mentioning uh, Tom Doak's name, right? Uh -huh. Tom and and uh, is having kind of a battle between. 
uh, him and, and Crenshaw and Core on, <laughs> on getting top new courses uh, rated in you know the top hundred uh, in the country uh, in the world. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Tom, Tom also has been hired at uh, I think at Los Angeles uh, Country Club too, uh, and he's doing some work on. Uh, on the Wiley course, it was a Seth Rainer uh, course originally, and had he had all the ocean front, a lot of ocean front holes. But now you look at it, and there's a great big hotel there, and some homes, and they still do have the uh, those four palms that make the W that was in the right, know, right, the funny, the Jack- funny movie. Referring to the Sony Open at on Oahu uh, every year this time of year and going on this week. And, of course, yeah. you're picking up that from the broadcast. I haven't had it on a whole lot. But uh, you always enjoy Mark Rothman, my good friend. He's been a, a great mentor to me as well, as you have been. And uh, Mark's had some nice touches to the broadcast. Let's talk a little bit about the on-air talent. At First last week, the Century Championship, now the Sony Open, and they'll be coming the Golf Channel, NBC Golf Channel, to the Big Island here for the Mitsubishi Electric Championship coming up January 18th to the 20th. And, uh, you know, Peter Jacobson's got a, a pretty good profile. He's going to be doing a lot more on air. John Cook, uh, Bones, Phil, yep. Phil Nicholson's caddy after 25 years retired from being a caddy. And is doing oh, some on no. air, oh, although no. although he's caddying for Justin Thomas this week. <laughs> he's doing double duty. This yeah. Week, uh, with uh, uh, with Thomas, and then the, this afternoon with uh, the speech, he's going to walk. He's going to be the Golf Channel guy in the afternoon, and he'll be. Yeah, I love it. Following uh, Jordan Spieth. So. You know that reminds me. I like that because I some. You know, players are like the caddies. You get different inside stuff that you just don't. Kind of like how what Kurt Gibson to me is when he's doing the the Tigers broadcast. I love the stuff he talks about that you know some others don't. And everybody's different. That's what gives us our favorite broadcasters. But Peter Jacobson doing a nice nice job. You know, talking about tournaments. I love that the it has been announced that Warwick Hills is going to be the home. I had an interview, a talk story with Greg McLaughlin, the president of the uh, PGA Tour champions a couple weeks ago, and you know, they're excited about the Alley Financial, I think it's called, or the Alley Challenge coming to Warwick Hills, which was the site of the Buick Opens for so and, many and years. It's all, it is also known as the new Buick Open <laughs> because Alley is, it used to be, the uh, original name was General Motors Acceptance Corporation. Oh, um, thank you for that. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. And so now that they changed the name to Ally. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's still going to be General General Motors at Warwick Hills. And it's so wonderful that the field will be guys who played in the last yes. Buick. <laughs> you know, back in That's... 2010 was the last Buick, uh, which Tiger won. And, uh, you know, the Buick uh, started in 1958. I used to go there. Yeah, Nick Berklich was the pro and all those people. That's how we grew up in junior golf. I'd taken a trip up to Flint to see the Grand Blanc, to see the, the Buick Open. I just, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to hear this. They've got uh, the ally uh, field should include past Buick champions, Fred Couples, uh, Rocco Mediate, uh, Peter Jacobson. Uh, that was his first victory in 1980. Uh, Tom Pernice, Kenny Perry, B.J. Singh won it twice, uh, 
Tiger won his bet, I don't know, three, four times, seems like. Dale Irwin won. He'd be, he'd be a four-way playoff with Jacobson, Joe Morgan, and, and Bobby Clapper. So uh, the people all around the, the Flint area and Detroit, they're very happy to see uh, to see this come back. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more. I saw Michael Mira was there uh, this recently. I think he had an announcement or something. But Mark, I played with Michael Mira in our the Mitsubishi Electric Pro Am last year. I I've worked with the PGA for 20 years, so they're always nice about, you know, letting me play it. And I love playing with Mark and enjoyed it. And I like seeing how excited he is. You know, like you say, these guys that grew up playing in that event, they know the community, and they're such givers that, you know, you just have a feeling that a lot of good is going to come out of this evolution of it being a PGA Tour and moving into the Champions Tour with guys that know the community and know the, the, the whole area, right? right down to having a good feeling about Detroit. And, well, and John, who, John, John Daly yeah. will be back, and he'll stay with his buddy, Kid Rock. So, oh, really? He's <laughs> from that neighborhood, yeah. Oh, these are great <laughs> stories. <laughs> well, I was, I'm planning my trip back. I'll be coming back for Detroit Homecoming and that tournament, which is the same week, to cover it. So I know Greg McLaughlin was excited, and Greg, of course, was uh I met Greg years ago when Tiger Woods played in his first PGA event at Riviera, and Greg was the tournament director at the, I think it was called the Nissan Open at the time. Then he went with the Tiger Woods Foundation. Now he's president of the Champions Tour. So fun for me, too, to kind of parlay my, my history as I've grown yeah. into golf with the friendships that I've made and the people that have been so helpful. And, of course, you've been one of them. And, and Jack, I, I always have to share my favorite story about you was – you so involved in the Golf Writers Association of America as secretary and the president, and you were, the, I think, the first beat writer to get the, the Lifetime Achievement Award uh, down at the Masters at the Golf Writers Association dinner, and you got your own parking space right out near the clubhouse at the time. I love that story. Uh, I hated to see Billy Payne retire as, as, the, uh, as the head man there at the Augusta National because he really – he really was a great, uh, great mover in kind of uh, opening up Augusta, that very private club, but opening things up. That I'm sure that he was one of the key guys behind the uh, the new uh, drive, pitch, and putt for the kids that, that they have there now. Uh, have those kids from all over the country on the, on the Sunday before the Masters, Golf Channel televises it like all day. That's been sensational. He's opened up more to uh, kids uh, coming in with, uh, you know, with a paid uh, patron, as they say, uh, teenagers. Uh, just, he's just opened it up so much more. They have the most incredible practice area now. And uh, it's just... Uh, it is the absolute best-run sports event in the world. You know, nothing is run better than the Augusta Nationals uh, Masters Tournament. And I'm and fortunate, fortunate. How many did you cover? Four, How many? Forty-three of them. <laughs> Forty-three. Wow. And and it's Jack Berry we're speaking with. It's Emily TGL Talk Story. I'm in Hawaii, the Big Island of Hawaii, the, the, the home of the Mitsubishi Electric Championship coming up January 18th through 20th, 2018, the 22nd year. And Jack is in 
Burr, Michigan, <laughs> in my hometown area, Detroit, and uh, we were longtime friends. And Jack's been a, a, not just a friend, but a mentor and someone I who's I just admire his work. He's does a lot of work with Michigan Runner now, but for many years with Detroit News, covered over 100 that, majors. Yeah, back back wow. in the years when when you were the absolute number one promoter of Detroit, and you would get that get that airplane up there flying. The Say nice things, Detroit. yeah. Say nice things about Detroit. It's so nice that it's in the the hearts of people, and I I'm just yeah. so honored that Shinola created a watch called the Gale in tribute to say nice things about Detroit. They've been wonderful to to they respected and they're caretaker of the the movement, which we always said it wasn't a slogan. Still in the hearts of people, but you know you're talking about opening things up at the Masters, but Jack, you had a lot to do. In fact, from what I understand is you were the one that got them to lift the ban on female reporters in the locker room at the Masters. Uh, that was true. That was Hort Harden was the uh, chairman at the time. And, and I, you know, I told him and wrote, and wrote that all the other leagues, uh, you know, the women the reporters got in, whether it was in the, even the NFL in, in hockey and, and uh, baseball and all. And uh, so he went along with it, <laughs> and, and it's uh, no, it's so. Uh, and did it take some? Was there some resistance? Because remember, Ann Doyle broke the locker room uh, barrier in, in Detroit area. Her father was a, a, a sportscaster, right. and Ann, Ann Doyle as well. Ann's a good friend, and I'm still in touch with her. And so those are errors that people forget about. And I think it's important to acknowledge them and the people that are behind thinking that way. I mean, you have four daughters uh, too. So was how, how old was she? So during that time, were you seeing it in terms of them growing up and and the girls not being involved in sports as much, or what? What was it you think that gave you that sort of magnanimous well, attitude we towards two uh, two very active uh, writers then? Uh, Melanie uh, Hauser, who succeeded me as the secretary and still is doing it. What a great job she does, and too. Houston. And there's another, I, I can't uh, remember her name, another one from Houston. And then there was uh, uh, a gal who went to Michigan State and said, oh, yeah, I used to, one of those, I used to read those when, when I was a kid. I used to read your stories. Joanne... <laughs> uh, Joanne Barnes and uh-huh. and they were they were competent. I mean, they're they're good good reporters, and uh, there's there's no reason good reason that they shouldn't be in. It was not and it's not like uh, golf. It, uh, the players uh, aren't go in and take showers and you know get undressed and are naked or anything like that. In golf, they never you never see a player changing clothes in the locker room. They come. They, they come in whatever they're going to play in, and that's the way they leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's wonderful, and I like to kind of celebrate those things. Again, it's Jack Berry, longtime friend, longtime sports writer, and primarily golf, and writes with the Michigan, my longtime friends, Art McCafferty with the Michigan Golfer and Jenny McCafferty, just for, I mean, boy, what a pioneer he has been with his Michigan runner and Michigan golfer. The, the, the women, um, you know, the whole evolution of, of women in sports and Title IX and all of it. Tell me about your daughters. I I, I recall. Well, they're all they're they're all they're all great sports fans. They, <laughs> they didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like uh, uh, 
Well, they all went to uh, Mercy High School, and they were not, um, uh, you know, they didn't, they weren't active in sports, but they went, like when I covered the Red Wings, uh, the Red Wings would have some matinee games uh, during the season. I always called them the Cotton Kids uh, Festival, whatever they, you know, cotton candy, and and I would take. Uh, uh, one or two of my daughters down, and they would sit in the, in the stands and watch the hockey game and all. And then when it was over, they'd come up to the press box and sit up in the back row while I worked and, and uh, you know, sent my story in. And then we'd leave. And so they were just uh, became uh, great fans. Plus, uh, my my wife then was a – I met at Michigan State. She was a huge Michigan State fan. And so, uh, you know, I went to Michigan State, and now – Three of my daughters are Michigan State graduates, and the other is Northwestern, and they're all strong for their team. Uh, two of them, the, the uh, one who went to Northwestern, uh, was uh, worked in the sports information for four years at Northwestern as a student's assistant, and she's a huge Wildcat fan to this day, and uh, lives in lives in Chicago. She went over there, and she didn't come back basically. And uh, the three uh, Michigan State graduates are all real strong, uh, so it's uh, they they got the bug, and and it has stayed with them uh, very very happily. And I think R.J. King from Detroit Business uh, mentioned to me that one of your daughters does some editing for them. Yes, that yeah. my daughter Anne, Anne Barry Doherty. Yeah, she worked. She the PGA magazine used to be. Uh, Published in in Detroit, actually in in, uh, in Troy on 60 Mile Road there, and uh, Lynn Henning was uh, on it, and uh, so that was went for a, a number of years, and then the company lost the contract, and that, now it's uh, down in either in Pennsylvania or Atlanta, one one of the other places. That PGA Magazine now is fatter than. Uh, you can take every golf magazine you can find and stack them up, and they're not as thick as the, the PGA magazine. Is the most, has to be the most successful magazine in the business because it is thick with really? the ads, whereas every that. other magazine, I mean, Sports Illustrated has practically given up on print. But now they're only going every other week. And uh, PGA magazine is... Uh, well, I grew up on the one that was published from Pinehurst back in the 60s. Do you remember that one? What was that? It was the forerunner of something. I think it came out every week. It was week. Golf Week. That was Golf, golf. golf. It was Golf Week. I didn't realize yeah. that. And, Taylor. Uh, Taylor so Jack, was a long-time uh, oh, publisher. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, Jack, just uh, let's just take a moment and talk about the LPGA events that are in Michigan. I mean, that's a... You know, Michigan was such a big state for uh, golf and the auto companies. And I love that story about Ali Financial being tied in with, you know, the GM acceptance court. But it's nice. That, what is it? The Voltic and also the Myers LPGA Classic uh, coming right. back to, to Michigan again. And it really supported well these LPGA events in the Michigan. Well, they, you know, they picked, they, they picked good towns, really, that were – where they're not buried by the uh, by baseball, uh, football, NBA, and, uh, and all. They're the okay. big they're the big sports happening in that town, 
uh, over the year. Although you can't say that Volvic is not like they're in Ann Arbor. There, there is something a little bit larger there. Uh, but they've done the Meyer uh, tournament has been very successful. Get, gets better every year. They keep on expanding the things that they do for the fans. And uh, Volvic is uh, uh, has started and, and I think is growing. I think this will be the third year and they've been growing. And it's a good golf course. And uh, it's uh, it's nice to see. There's also a, a three Symmetra. Uh, tournaments around Michigan, one in the Upper Peninsula and uh, one around Battle Creek and another one over towards uh, Mount Pleasant area. So, wow, I didn't know that. We've got, a lot, we've got a lot of women's professional golf. The Symmetra t- uh, tournaments are the LPGA Theater Tour, right, like the Web.com PGA Tour. Symmetra right. Tour used to be the Futures Tour. That's the one that I kind of just through all they wanted was your entry fee 15 years ago or whatever it was and yep. and I and I played on some of those events not very well but and how it changed so abruptly and well deservedly because the people that were running that tour had put so many years in for it to become the LPGA I don't know what you, if it's feeder tour or what the you know what the word is but it's, I'm so happy to hear that the three events have, have kind of grown into that community as well. That's wonderful to hear. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Hawaii now. The you know, you you've seen some great weather from the the Century Championship and uh the Sony will be all this week and then next week the the uh Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualalai. Just some comments on the state of uh, the players and you know I I've found one of your stories from I don't know if it was last year or two years ago called the Berry Patch and you wrote the funniest Fun things about about uh, Ricky Fowler and Puna was coming on the scene and his the way he dresses and all the different things and how you like it but at the same time getting used to it. So how about some comments? Well, I think about- it's, uh, there are so many. It's changed so much that when I started or kind of before, even before I started, back in the the, the 30s and the 40s, uh, the players came from the caddy ranks. Uh, now they come from college. The, uh, the the junior golf has been so phenomenally successful. The American Junior Golf Association, American yeah, AJGA is huge, and every and in every state, the high schools Title IX has been uh, terrific for getting girls into golf, uh, and it's just. Uh, so different for kids getting into the game now than what it was in the early days when the, when they were when they were caddies. Now they they get great teaching, they get great every, everything about it is uh, is superb, and and they wind up going to colleges and practically even small colleges have have uh, scholarships and they get kids from uh, from Europe come over to uh, play here. Uh, it's uh, Sensational how how uh, the young people have taken over <laughs> the, in, into the pro tours. I mean, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, uh, Berger, uh, just you know, it's it's on and on and on. These guys uh, in their twenties and and uh, they go right from uh, right from college into college and 
uh, Golf Channel covers the co the college championships, uh, the NCAA championship. It's sensational, and they play yeah, so good. I mean, look at the John Rahm. Holy mackerel! He comes to couldn't speak English. A Spaniard came over to Texas, and uh, is he no? He's at uh, Arizona State, right? I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, Arizona State. That's Mickelson's. Uh, uh, Mickelson's brother was uh, coach at the time, okay. and uh, now he's correct. He won like about three times last year. The guy is sensational. He's a as a as a rookie, and uh, it's one after another of come out there and and they win right away. They're not afraid. To, you know, they're not afraid to win. It's it's a lot of fun to watch golf now. Uh, be happy to see uh, Tiger come back. Uh, uh, what is it? About the end of the month or so, he's going to be at Torrey Pines. Um, uh, these young guys are, are just making it so much fun to uh, uh, to play, to watch them play. They're so good, and they're so friendly. I mean, well, it just shows how good they have to be, too. I, uh, Chad Fujikawa won the Hawaii State Open a couple of weeks ago here, and you know, his parents were with him, and it was fun to see. That was his first win in seven years. He was the youngest player to ever make the cut from the PGA Tour. What was that, about 2005 or something or seven? Right. Whatever. But, you know, everybody thought it was going to be, you know, so great for him. It's so difficult for them to separate themselves from the pack because they are so good. I've watched it with uh, the Hawaii State Junior Golf Association here the kids, how good of players they are. A lot of them going off to scholarships, and I stay friends with them and have them on my show. And and it's it is fascinating to watch, but it's also fascinating to see just how they may be really good at high school level and going into college, but just how much better they have to get to make it. Well, if if, if they've got any kids who are as good as the quarterbacks, they're sending over <laughs> to the mainland. Holy mackerel! Uh, the left-hander that won the uh, that uh, won for Alabama last week, and uh, the uh, Marcus Mariota, who's at right. uh, the Tennessee. Right, and right. And there's, uh, there's another school that has a, a freshman from, I think he's a freshman from Hawaii. Uh, but they're uh, they're coming on strong. Yeah, a lot of good female basketball players also being scattered around the country. So we're yeah. talking with Jack Berry, a longtime friend, longtime sports writer, covered hockey, Golf, over 100 majors, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award down at the Masters from the National Golf Writers Association, Michigan Golf Hall of Fame, just a number of accolades, but most of all, just such a generous gentleman in spirit and prolific writer. I just love how much you're, you're continuing to write, and I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing you at the Warwick, uh, at the New Buick Open. How is that a kind of accepted by the PGA Tour champions? and? And Ali Financial, is that kind of a tongue-in-cheek comment everybody's making? Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm pushing it. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I will not add it to my... We, we hated, to, hated to lose the Buick when uh, when General Motors uh, filed for bankruptcy, and uh, now that they're back in, in the game very yeah. well. Well, and we got the, get people uh, out there, right? Get people out yeah. there. That's the big thing. Right. Uh, and I know you guys will be doing it with Michigan Golfer. And, Jack, I I love you dearly. I appreciate our friendship and, and admire your work and your enthusiasm for your zest for life. <laughs> and uh, a big hug to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning.
Hey, always happy, Emily. You, you, you've got more energy than, uh, <laughs> than than I could ever imagine. <laughs> you, you'd be surprised. You know, I have a little cartoon. I think I may post it on Facebook soon. It's a picture of a little lady sitting in a chair with her legs draped over the arm and a cat sitting next to her, and the caption is, uh, I don't know how I happened to find it, or somebody sometimes me says, Emily isn't lazy, she just likes doing nothing. And <laughs> I look at that, I think how I fought those two feelings all my life. Do something and the other. <laughs> Do nothing. <laughs> Somewhere well, in between is a balance we're always striving for. So I can you're sens- you, you are sensational. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, I'm, Jeff. I'm, I'm happy that you were here and that you still remember your old hometown. Uh, I remember that. I remember your support when you you would run in the Emily Detroit runs, how much it meant to me. As so many of the people in the media did supported me and and, and continue to and have, have become friends. That's what's really special. So thanks. Much aloha. Ahui ho. And uh, you got a pick at the, at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship next week. Well, you know that guy. That I always get a kick out of uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez. <laughs> I loved that one he won a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fun. I, yeah. I kind of have. Uh, I'd like to see Tom Watson. This would be a good year. Uh, he and Hillary have had some challenges this year. Yeah. Uh, so that would be fun. He's kind of a hometown favorite since he lives at Hualalai and he gets real involved in the community there. Uh, Olin Brown's become a real favorite of mine. Really interesting gentleman, but there's so many that meet year after year. Craig Stadler got to play with him in the pro am. Wow, that was really. Uh, you fun. know, you know his caddy Jeff Dahl is from uh, Royal Oak. Yeah, I'm about to repost a YouTube video I did with Jeff. It was so great because I gave him the same nice things about Detroit sure, uh, yeah. two years ago, and he came out of, walking out of the locker room with it on <laughs> after their final round. So I'm hoping Jeff is coming. I'm about to send him a note and see if he's going to be coming with Craig. So I was going to say that uh, uh, Glenn Fry, also from Royal Oak of the Eagles, right. and uh, he played he played in the pro am at the Buick. Uh, was and... he a good friend of Jeff's? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were all at the same time. Glenn Fry and Bob Seeger at the same time, and Bob Seeger is a, a player too. Yeah, I didn't realize that, huh? Interesting. Okay, yeah. well, thanks so much, Jack. To be continued with the Masters coming up, we'll have to do it soon. All right, give me a call. Okay. All right, I always Here's like talking to you. All, All right. right. Aloha. Bye. It's Emily T. Gale Talk Story. Uh, you can find it at Emily T. Gale Talk Story dot dot com, or just Google Emily T. Gale Talk Story. And iTunes free podcast. It's always a pleasure to continue my conversations, not just about golf, but about life in general. And I also have a podcast at SoundCloud, and that is Say Nice Things About Detroit, appropriately, my hometown. So it's always fun to learn how to maneuver around the technology and be able to to share my story and others as well. Meanwhile, much aloha to everyone. <laughs>